Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the Lord, to celebrate the greatness of our King, to celebrate who He is? It is wonderful to be here this morning, and it's so wonderful to have families here this morning. We want to first of all welcome those all, not from here, especially those from all the way from Johannesburg. There's Janice on the right, on my right here, all the way from Johannesburg. Then of course, Francois and Charlene. Where is Charlene? All right, she's upstairs. <laughs> we want to welcome them all the way from the mother city, Cape Town. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it seemed to me the, uh, the Kuris clan is full house to, uh, the, this, during this time. Then, of course, we, it's, it's so good to, uh, we want to, we, we blessed to welcome Grant. We're going to start with the men, Robbie, Nicola, and Kelly. We want to welcome, maybe it's so great to see you. I know, we know that Grant is always busy with his, you know, in terms of his business, but we, we're so grateful that you could be, we could have fellowship with one another here this morning. Lord bless you all. And then everybody else, Welcome. And be blessed this morning because we celebrate someone who is much bigger and more awesome than we could ever imagine. We will have on behalf of the church, and we want to wish you a blessed, remarkable, exceptional, <laughs> incredible, and wonderful Christmas today. May you be blessed. And let's make Jesus the center and the focal point of everything we do and say this very day. The Lord bless you all. Our scripture reading this morning then is found in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Uh, we're going to focus on that, and we're also going to focus on the first chapter of Hebrews, but basically that's uh, the theme here this morning is the ultimate gift. And just the verse, verse 15, let's read it together. It says there, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God. Let's repeat that. For his indescribable gift. You know, there's so many gifts that we give to people. But this gift of Jesus Christ, he is indescribable. Second uh, Corinthians 9.15 it's an amazing chapter or verse that we, that we read from the, that chapter. And uh, may we this morning just honor the Lord and exalt him. But before we do anything else, let's pray together and commit our, ourselves to the Lord. Father, we want to thank you for this morning. And thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, this year has been incredibly challenging for many of us. This year... It's also been daunting at times. But thank you, Lord, that today as families, as your people, we can celebrate your greatness together. We can worship together, and we can bring honor and glory to you together. We pray this morning, Lord, that as your word will come to us, that you will minister to us deeply, intensely, you will minister to us, Lord, and speak to us in whichever areas there are in our lives that we need to take cognizance of, that, Lord, we would do it willingly and submit to your lordship and your authority, Father. We thank you for this morning. And, Lord, we welcome you once again into our service or to our service. And we ask you, 
Lord, to capture our hearts, we ask you to take over here this morning. Won't you bless us, Lord? And we pray that, Lord, as your word will come now, I pray for a fresh touch and anointing upon my life. And as I proclaim your unsearchable riches, Lord, that, Lord, you will speak and you will minister to us. Won't you bless us further now? We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Christmas, the ultimate gift. Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians, writes of the indescribable gift, as we have already heard, that God in his grace gave to humanity. A gift with eternal consequences that is timeless and will not devalue. A perfect, incomparable gift of grace and beauty. However magnificent a gift we receive from family or friends today, it pales to insignificance in comparison with the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. Besides the everyday gifts, though, God has blessed the world with such wonders as the Grand Canyon, have to think of America, hey? the Great Wall of China, the Taj Mahal in India, the Eiffel Tower in France, Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, the Sahara Desert, can you think about it, in Morocco, very close to us, the Sitsikama Forest. Eh? But what about Blyde River Canyon right in uh, Pumalanga? Uh, there's so many others. What about Table Mountain, Drakensberg, God's Window? You can, you can mention so many here this morning. And God has made all of these things available to us. God has blessed us with oceans, sunsets, mountains, vistas, and monsoons, and that wonderful aroma after a rain shower. Don't you think it's a wonderful aroma that we, 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 receive, we enjoy? None of God's gifts, from the, ev the everyday to the, expect, uh, the spectacular, can come close to the gift of Jesus, the Son of God. Many people desperately search for a secret source of power. They want something that gives them a competitive edge, even if they must lie, cheat, and steal to get it. Greatness does not come from fame. <laughs> it does not come from how many Twitter followers you have. Isn't it true? <laughs> it does not stem from how much your annual salary might be. If money could solve problems, then the richest people on earth would be the happiest, and they are not. Isn't it true? <laughs> the greatest gift ever, Jesus Christ, is beyond human words and expressions. He stands alone this morning, and he is matchless. When we think of him, and I'm only going to have two points here this morning, but probably quite long, he is unrivaled in creativity and power, and that's where we go to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 to 3. He is unrivaled, I want to repeat that, in creativity and power. Our Lord is able to raise a person who finds himself down there in the gutter. 
can raise that person to new life. Only he can do that. He's able to pipe the sea. He calms the water, heals and restores, gives sight to the blind. But even more than that, he made and sustains all things visible and invisible according to Colossians 1, 16 to 17. The earth is tiny compared to our sun. Do you, I, I'm sure, I hope you realize that. How many earths could you fit into the sun? Well, according to scientists, you can fit 1.3 million earths into the sun. Our solar system is one of billions of solar systems in our galaxy. And our galaxy is one of tens of billions of galaxies in the universe. But listen to this. And Jesus holds it all, holds it all together. Isn't that amazing? So no matter what you are facing, what you are going through this morning, so no matter what your circumstances are, he's able to hold your life together this morning. Never forget that. Can you imagine the creativity and power involved in making and sustaining all things from the largest of the galaxies to the smallest of microscopic particles? Can you imagine someone involved in all of that and also holding it all together. So that is why no matter what we are facing, he is the one, the only one, who can rearrange and transform whatever it is we need, that we need him to do. He is the heir of all things according to Hebrews 1-2. He is the sovereign Lord of the universe. The world belongs to Jesus Christ. He is the rightful heir of all things. He is the creator also of all things. Verses 2, be there in Hebrews 1. Jesus did not have his beginning at Bethlehem. He was present in the creation of the world. He is the creator of all things and the source of all life. He can create something out of your hopeless situation today. The challenges of your life are no challenge to the king of the universe. He can erase the painful past that you have struggled with as if it never occurred. You do not need to be overwhelmed this morning by the circumstances that you are facing. Instead, you need to give them a warning. Give your circumstances a warning this, this day that they are about to be overwhelmed by the unrivaled creative power of the risen and living one, Jesus Christ. He upholds all things. In other words, he sustains all things. According to Hebrews 1.3, that is, he holds the gain of the universe together by the word of his power. It is in Jesus that we live and move and have our being. We know that so well already. It's a cliche. 
But then also he is Lord of all. Jesus is Lord of all. Verses 10 to 12. The word Lord in the Greek of the New Testament is the word kurios signifying having power and authority. It is also translated Lord, Master, Owner. For Jesus to be Lord of your life means that He is the ruler, the boss, the master of your whole life. In fact, of this entire universe. He cannot be Lord of only a part of you. He must be given control of your entire being, your whole life. Jesus desires to be Lord of the seen and the unseen, the visible and the invisible, the private and the public aspects of our lives. He wants to be Lord of our spiritual life as well as our physical lives as well. Twice I say as well, hey? Is Jesus Lord of your thoughts this morning? Is Jesus Lord of your emotions? Is Jesus Lord of your speech? Is Jesus Lord of your relationships? Of your possessions? Is Jesus Lord of your whole life? Yield your life to Him today. This involves taking your hands off the controls and allowing Him to be in control. Is he in control this morning of your life? And then, of course, the last part in verse 3b, uh, it's in Hebrew says, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. On high, Hebrews 1, 3b. Sat down speaks of the completeness of his great work on our behalf. The cross need never to be repeated. His work was once for all. Following his resurrection and ascension, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. If you are his child, you are the residence this morning of greatness. If you are his child, did you hear that? The residence of greatness. Because there is a great king who resides in you. I'm asking you, is this great king residing in your life today? Now is the time to put aside the pain of the past and the fear of tomorrow. He intends to unlock the greatness and treasure within you, knowing that the very best is yet to come, as we often say. Huh? Yes, he is unrivaled in creativity and power. But secondly, this morning, he is unrivaled in his nature and consistency. Hebrews 1.12b speaks about the fact that he remains the same to the end. In fact, also 13, 5, 13 verse 8 speaks about he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The years may go by, but he still remains the same. Much about his nature and action with humanity is beyond our capacity to understand or explain. Jesus is fully God and fully man in one person. That's mind-boggling, isn't it? Fully God and fully man in one person. 
In our finite, limited world, one cannot fill something 100% with one substance and 100% with another substance and expect it still to remain 100% the same. Does it, those substances? I don't think it would. Have you ever tried that? I'm sure you have. And I don't think it, uh, you know, it remained the same. It would definitely, the results would definitely not be the same. But that is not the case with the nature of Jesus. The nature of Jesus is not bound by the laws that govern this world. Our infinite king, in other words, our unlimited king, is not confined by the rules of this finite world. You can never get to the bottom of his character or his nature. You can never get to, get to the bottom of his blessings and his favor. You can never get to the bottom of his involvement in your life. This morning, he is always deeper than your ability to measure, to search, or to explore. Jesus did not just tell the truth. He is the truth. Jesus did not point out the way to God. He is the way. Jesus did not simply talk about life. He imparts life this morning. 2,000 years after his birth, billions of people around the world claim to follow him and worship him. Isn't that amazing? That is why he's so unrivaled. The people we love most are the people we tend to give the best gifts to. Isn't it true? But he gives gifts to his enemies, those who reject him, those who resist him, those who rebel against him, those who renounce him, those who reproach him, in other words, blame him. He gave his best and most precious gift not only to his friends, but also to his enemies. And he's still doing it today. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, according to Psalm 103, verses 10 and onwards. He is willing to forgive and start again with us. The greatest gift of the world is available to us. And it cannot be purchased with money or gold or any valuable resource we own. Even if we could buy it, even if we could buy his love, even if we could buy his grace, even if we could buy his mercy, even if we could buy his forgiveness, even if we could buy the fact that he is omnipresent, always with us, always surrounding us, even if we could buy it, no one could ever afford it. All the wealth in the world would never be able to buy this precious gift that he offers. And I think the best that he offers is that of salvation where he sets you free completely. Even if we could buy it, we just cannot afford it. That's why he's unrivaled, eh? This indescribable gift is appropriate 
for all ages and genders, all Jews and Gentiles, all who are astoundingly wealthy or living in dire need. The gift of King Jesus this morning is suitable for every generation and for all families. He is suitable for all occasions and for all persons, whether bound or free. Nothing and no one else on earth compares to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior today. No one else can die for your sins. No one else gives you eternal life. No one else can heal the broken areas of your life. No one else can restore your relationships, no matter how toxic they are. His greatness surpasses all other things. There is nothing you have done or will do that would ever exceed His greatness. He's unrivaled, brothers and sisters. Jesus is surpassingly greater than our best achievements, our best abilities, our best successes. There is nothing like having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing compared. Did you hear that? There's nothing like having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You could say this morning, the relationship I have with my wife or my husband, it's the best. That it doesn't compare with anything else. Or with my family, my children, my loved ones, a friend. But I want to say this again. I want to repeat it. There is nothing like having a relationship with Jesus. Nothing. 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 Jesus is surpassingly greater. Surpassingly greater than any other relationship. Nothing compares. Nothing compares with that relationship. And I'm, I'm, I'm concluding soon now, but Paul said that every other treasure in life was nothing compared to knowing Christ Jesus. Can you remember that? In, uh, in Philippians 3, verses 10, or rather verses 8, nothing compares to knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. Paul had the finest education, the praises of his colleagues, and was at the top of the ladder in his profession. And he considered it all to be a waste. He considered it all to be nothing compared to knowing Jesus. The Bible teaches that it is not enough to simply know facts about Jesus. You must have a personal relationship with him. You must turn from sin in repentance and place your faith in Jesus as Lord. In Philippians 1 verse 21, Paul says, from the depth of his soul, he says this, for me to love is Christ. Can you remember that? Paul, Paul says, regardless of how anyone else is living, for me to love is Christ. Regardless of what my friends are doing, for me to love is Christ. Whether anyone else or everyone 
lives for Christ or not, for me to live is Christ. Regardless of what the world says, regardless of what the circumstances are that are threatening me, for me to love is Christ. For me to live with singular purpose at the highest level for Christ. Paul says, is priority. My whole life, that's what he says, is Christ. Everything I have and everything I am is bound up in Christ. That's what Paul says. Christ is the goal of my life. Christ is the pattern of my life. Christ is the passion of my life. Can you say that this morning? Christ is the pursuit of my life. Christ is the reason for my life. Can you say that this morning? That's what it's all about. That's just why we celebrate him and his birth this morning. Is that your testimony? He's everything to me. See, brothers and sisters, we must live wholeheartedly for him. And I want to conclude by asking you this question. Is anyone or anything else more important to you than the Lord Jesus Christ today? You know that answer. But I pray this morning that as we celebrate our great King, that we will exclaim, as the Apostle Paul exclaimed, for me to love is Christ and Christ alone. He is all I need. He is everything, in fact, that I need. Is he everything that you need this morning? I can only bless you with Jesus this morning. The only one who can make a difference in our lives. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for this morning. Thank you for this day. We pause for a moment, Lord, to acknowledge that nothing compares to you. Nothing compares with you. There's just no comparison. No matter how we try to avoid it or justify it, there's just nothing compared to you. No one can take your place, Lord. And Lord, we pray that you will be the center of our lives today as we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate your birth, that we will, with gratitude in our hearts, acknowledge that if it was not for you, where would we have been? What would have happened to us? But Lord, thank you for always being there for us for never abandoning us. We pray your blessing over us today and we pray that as families will travel today, 
and as families will gather together today, we pray that they will have fun, they will, they will make memories, but that they will also, above all, Lord, be aware of who you are. We thank you, Lord, for, for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Won't you continue with us even further now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.